So the other day I was looking at Cockney expressions, the top 100 Cockney expressions. And one of my favorites was uh, when they, instead of saying trouble, they say Barney Rubble. So like you're in a bunch of Barney. What do you mean? You know, Barney, Rubble, Trouble, Barney Rubble. Or another good one was your mate, which is China Plate. Hey, China Plate. You're looking for a little Barney, aren't you? My mate's looking for a little trouble now, ain't he? <laughs> well, why don't you just say trouble and mate? I got lost for life. Hello, friends. Hello, 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 hello. I'm working on my mental health. How's it going? How you going, mate? I bumped my head, and now I speak like this. Oh, I'm hanging out with my friend Lionel. Hello, hello. All right, all right, enough of that shit. Jesus, my head's a little punchy, I think, from fucking coming off the heels of Valentine's Day, which is a made-up holiday. But I'm not going to go down that road. I'm going to toe the line. I'm going to be a good little soldier. I'm not going to spoil it for everybody and, you know, promote those theories that it was created for Hallmark and for green card industry and uh, all that nonsense. No way. I'm in. I'm down. I'm buying that stuff from those roadside people with their roses and their teddy bears and their uh, neoprene little or latex balloons and stuff like that you know they what they really should sell is they should sell like fetishistic type stuff you know like furry furry suits and uh you know big giant full-on like uh wolf suits and uh panda bear suits you know like that to me spells valentine's day that now that's love you know if you can convince your significant other to dress up in a, as a panda bear and spank him in the ass with a big dead fish. That's love. That That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. All right. Slow it down. All right. Calm down, buddy. Um, but, yeah. So, like I said, coming off the heels of uh, Valentine's Day. Is there... What is the story behind Valentine's... And it's St. Valentine's Day, for that matter. It's... St. Valentine's Day, love. And, uh... St. Valentine's... St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Is that what we're doing? Is that what it's based on? St. Valentine. Let's see what this chap... Let's see what this bloke was up to. St. Valentine? Question mark? The real history of Valentine's Day? Sponsored by Daniel's Jewelers. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to uh, Ari Shafir on Mark Marin, which they're both Jews. They're both hilarious Jews. They're both non-practicing, very, very, very non-practicing Jews. And they're funny though because, uh, like, Ari went to like a like an actual Jewish school up until like eleventh grade, and they just couldn't handle it anymore. So he went to like a less Jewish school, but even though it was still a Jewish school. Mark Maron's the funniest guy to talk to about Jewish stuff because he he's full Jew, but he doesn't he just pokes kind of pokes fun at a lot of the tradition and stuff, and uh, it's but it's not about that. It's it's anyway the whole prototypical like uh, or stereotypical uh, scene is like the Jews that run the jewelry shops and stuff like that. Speaking of jewelers, speaking of Daniel's jewelers, Daniel, you're a Jew. Anyway, um, so he's asking, like, so uh, he's talking to Ari Shafir, who's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a very funny guy. And he's very, he's kind of part of the 
the Rogan entourage, so to speak, you know, I mean, there's kind of like this um, undocumented, you know, following or group or uh, posse, I'm, I would, I would say, and he would be part of them, but he's still funny in his own right, and, he, and you, but you can sense the difference between when he's on Rogan's show and being in that comfort zone and then going on to Marin's show and, and then addressing him specifically, but so, um, more toned down, um, more, uh, stripped down kind of on his own, like as if he was semi uncomfortable, but, may, but maybe I was reading a little much, a little too much into it because they're both comedy store guys, you know, so I'm, they know each other quite well, I'm sure. But he asked Ari, what's what, so growing up as a Jew, you know, you, you did Shabbats and you did, you did the whole, you know, sh- Shoma Shavas and all that stuff and uh very much so very like very like his dad is a, is a not he's in the community of Hasidic Jews but he's not one but he's in that he's in it he's in it to win it and uh he goes so he goes what does your dad what's your dad do for a living and he goes he's a jeweler <laughs> and so, so funny, but so St. Valentine, St. Valentine, sponsored by Daniel's Jewels, Jewels, was a third century Roman saint. Do most people know this already? I feel like people, most people don't know this. They're just like, ah, shit, it's Valentine's Day. Uh, there's this girl up in Humboldt uh, that I, 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 oh, I so wanted to just bang. And uh, her birthday was on Valentine's Day. And, uh, I don't know, there's something, there's something, uh, she was a local too, so she was part of that whole kind of like, I don't know, when you're around beauty, it manifests beauty, and she was kind of a raw beauty, uh, although she wore glasses, but I think that was just a carryover, carryover from my Lisa Munn days when I was after the girl across the street, you know, when I was in fourth grade, and she had the, and this was my neighbor with the glasses and the eye patch and I talked about that on a previous podcast, but anyway, circling back. So St. Valentine was a third century Roman saint commemorated in Western Christianity on February 14th and in Eastern Orthodoxy on July 6th. Okay. From the high middle ages, his saint's day has been associated with a tradition of courtly love. Okay. All right. He is also the patron saint of Terni, T-E-R-N-I. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a city in Italy. I got it. So he's also the patron saint of Terni, or Terni. Epilepsy and beekeepers. What? He's the patron saint of Terni, Italy. Epilepsy and beekeepers. Oh, that's too much. Oh, I got to save that for sure. Oh, that's the best. The patron saint of a little town in Italy, plus epilepsy, plus beekeepers. The patron saint of epilepsy? Whoa. Okay. All right. Fair enough. What is the story behind St. Valentine's? He was a Roman priest who was martyred in 296. Okay. Really? If he's born, okay, so he's born 175 AD, died 269. Okay, so he's about, what is that, 94? Okay. All right, all right. Martyred in 296. Like, like, bro, you will not sell me another greeting card. No more! So the story goes that he was imprisoned by performing weddings for soldiers who were forbidden to marry and for ministering to Christians persecuted under the Roman Empire. All right, all right. I like this cat. It's a little subversive. Preaching the love, preaching the love, preaching the love. So Valentine's Day came off without a hitch. What I was planning on doing I was going to take my lady out, naturally, because that's the kind of guy I am. I'm the patron, I'm the patron saint of going out. And uh, we were going to go to this place called Nick's Taco 
which is all one word. It's not Nick as in the name, N-I-C-K, it's N-I-X-T-A-C or Nick's Taco, which is kind of, it's, it's an interesting place because, and I haven't been there yet, I just read about it, but it's in the Michelin Guide, okay? It's not a Michelin-starred restaurant. There are, there's a difference. If you're listed in the guide, it, it means a very, it's a very high praise, but it's not a star, okay? Whereas the system behind the stars is, you know, the Michelin one star, you know, do what you can to get to this place. Michelin two stars, run red lights, you know, push granny out of the way if you have to. And then three star Michelin, three Michelin stars is like, if you live on another planet, fucking build a spaceship and get here. So, sir, sir, getting back to our, okay, so, oh, yeah, so Nick's, so Nick's Taco is just, um, it sounded like a good place, like a pretty classy little joint, uh, for a, you know, for, it's not a taqueria, although I do like taquerias, I much, almost prefer taquerias, but I wanted to check this place out, but... Such are the strains of our day-to-day routine. Um, and be getting older, as much as I don't like to admit it. But but what we ended up doing was just hanging out. And uh, and uh, I was listening, uh, on the way home, I was listening to um, a Huberman podcast. And um, it was about specifically love specifically about love la 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 love desire the science of love desire and attachment so i thought damn perfectly timed perfectly i want to get down to the bottom of this whole business i want to know what's really going on <laughs> and it was quite fascinating i i have to admit so how did i handle all this newfound knowledge uh, well, by racing home and actually, um, well, I, I wanted to do, okay, so there's a, there's this thing called the Love Lab and it's run by this, uh, I believe they're husband and wife, the Gottmans, G-O-T-T-M-A-N, the Gottmans. And uh, it's literally like a, uh, well, since the 1980s, Gottman has brought more than 3,000 married couples just like Bill and Sue. This is a little uh, blurb from Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, Into that small room in his love lab near the University of Washington campus. Can a marriage really be understood in one sitting? Yes, it can. And so can lots of other seemingly complex situations. What Gottman has done is to show us how. So the Gobbin Love Lab is the world's, uh, world's original couples laboratory. First opened in uh, 1986 at the University of Washington by Dr. John Gottman. More than 30 years after its inception, the Gottman Love Lab has been reimagined by the Gottman Institute for the high-tech modern age. Okay. After putting thousands of marriages under a microscope, we now understand the science of relationships through groundbreaking mathematical models, integrating nonlinear differential equations, we can reliably predict and chart the future course of a relationship. And more importantly, more importantly, we are now able to provide data-driven suggestions for positively adjusting the course of a couple's life together. Yes, the data is in. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Boop, boop, boop. So the, let's see, where is it? So they can determine, um, what does it say? Do, do, do. They can determine with a 94%, these two, uh, the, well, how, like a chance of a breakup, Okay. So within 94% chance, 94% success rate of predicting a breakup based on uh, the four, four criteria. And this is fascinating. So the science of love, uh, which, why can't you break it down? In science? I mean, I know we got, 
oh, love is just love, you know, we just love and love and, well, that's all a bunch of horseshit, okay? Because what it is, is it's, it's basically like a lot of motor neurons that are firing off when you meet someone, right? In, in my impression. This is my impression. This is before the data. Before I listen to An- Dr. Andrew Huberman, the neurobiologist from Stanford, who I met at Topanga Canyon, Canyon Park in Southern California while he was with Whitney Cummings. And uh, fascinating guy. Great, great podcast. He does use some of the nomenclature of science, but he does put it in somewhat working man's terms. So, and, uh, so what I did, uh, anyway, what, what he was explaining, what, what Huberman was explaining is the, uh, these things, they're called what, what they're referred to as autonomic coordinations. Okay. So like I said, now, my unrefined hypothesis, my unrefined theory is that uh, when we meet someone, motor neurons are just firing, 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 firing. And then if you uh, look at it in terms of black and white on paper, like this is the person you're going to be with, and then you find compatibility, and then that relationship carries through that at certain points, those motor neurons are really going to, they, it's like endorphins. You can't always fire at the, you know, per, the optimized amount of endorphins that keep you excited in the course of a day. It just, it, it's impossible. It's biologically impossible. Okay. So uh, that's where the whole notion of kind of spicing things up again, you know, like when you introduce uh, you know, furry costumes and, uh, you know, panda bear suits and dead fish and, um, you know, crazy stuff like that, whips and chains and, uh, cattle prods and so forth. So that's what keeps those, uh, motor neurons fire firing. Okay. And let's be honest. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? But the data behind this is, uh, according to, and this is, now, this is curated from a couple of different sources, one being Helen Fisher. I believe she's a psychologist that uh, he was, uh, he was uh, using as a reference. And then the other one is the Gottmans, okay? But, so the autonomic coordinations are essential to connection. So that's kind of, mm, I guess we could call those the motor neurons. Okay, so they are uh, essential to connection and, and stable attachment, right? Okay, so it's a hallmark feature of desire, love, and attachment. Okay, a hallmark feature. Oh, very clever. Very clever, Dr. Huberman. Let's work that in there. Are you, who's, who are you working for, Dr. Andrew Huberman? Um, okay, so the failures of love and attachments also re- reflected are reflected in the derailment of uh, autonomic coordination and attachment, okay? Which is, yeah, that should be, that's the way it is. Um, So, he went on to say that the got, okay, it's the Gottmans being able to predict within a 94% chance of a breakup, they're based on four uh, definable criteria and number one being criticism. Okay. So, um, and criticism of course is to a small degree healthy in all relationships. I would imagine, unless there's just one complete lay down compliant sub sub submissive type, which, uh, which you do see in cultures like Indian cultures, Hindu cultures, Asian cultures, and they and that works somehow, you know. I mean, I know people with arranged marriages, and it works. Um, I think the 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 data on that too is like those actually last last fractionally longer than what we perceive as like the one. Isn't that wild? So, but this criticism is like uh, what he's what he means by this criticism. I think is intended like vert like like a uh, deliberate criticism, like going out of your way to 
probably condescend or talk down in, in some fashion to really like a harsh criticism, you know, like, 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 you know, you're really going to wear that shirt or, you know, uh, what do you think of this? Well, I think it's, I think it's, I think, I think it's, it's a mistake and so are you, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, because you have to be, you have to be honest. You have to be honest for one. And that may take the form of criticism to a, mm, healthier degree than, again, um, you know, a maligned type criticism. The second one is defensiveness. And that may be initially me, you may think, you know, they get so defensive. They're so defensive. But it's not, I think it's I think it's the other way. Well, it may have something to do with that. Um, or it may just be building up the building up of a defense, uh, a posture. I don't know defensiveness. Um, yeah. Maybe it is you get so defensive. Why do you get so defensive? You're getting defensive. You know? Um, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. That's... You know, these aren't black and white. But because the third... The third factor is stonewalling. So that could also maybe be interpreted as building up a barrier or building up a wall, stonewalling or just, or just holding out. I think that's what it is. You're holding out on, on something. You're not, you're not being forthright with what is, what the intended, uh, results, uh, were hoping to be for the, your partner. You're holding out on the defensive bit is, yeah, you're, you're, you're getting defensive. Why did you say that about my shirt? You know? Or why did you say that about the way I made that casserole? <laughs> I don't know. So, and then finally, I think the death knell of any relationship would be contempt. Holding contempt, which would be, I think, if you look down upon them, if you look them like you're holding someone in contempt of court is something, somebody that's not in, uh, not on the same level as you because they've, uh, gotten sideways. They are, tr are trying to break out of the parameters of, of, of the situation of what the situ situation dictates. So for example, if you're shouting and hollering in court, they're going to hold you in contempt of court. Therefore, you are not on the same level. You are at a sub-level of some sort. And uh, it, 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 does have a, it does have a certain stigma to it because now everyone in that court is, is contemptuous of you. So contempt is really... Well, you, you know what contempt means. I mean, you don't want to be... You don't, you want to be... You don't want to be uh, looked at with contempt in a relationship. Like, mm, very unhealthy. That to me, that to me is like, um, a plane that is in a spin that, can't, that it can't pull out of, you know? It's gone into a tailspin and there's just absolutely no way to write that, that shit. That is, the contempt is really the, the, I think the most severe of all four of those. And I don't know if I described those quite in the same vein that he was trying to uh, to really drive home. I, but his was also an interpretation of what they were saying, what the Gottmans were saying. But if those situations do exist in a relationship, then that is a disastrous recipe, according to the data. But... Um, 
So then he fell back on uh, this article that was written in the New York Times back in 2015. It's called 36 Questions That Lead to Love. And what that does, and it's literally, it's, ba- it's broken up into three parts. Three, 12, three, or, or uh, yeah, three, 12 section questions. They establish, and they establish a narrative comparable to other shared experiences, uh, I would say, you know, comparable to say taking someone out on a date or taking, maybe not to a movie, but taking them out to eat or something like that where you're sharing an experience, okay? But this is an extra, an exercise that would be fascinating to uh, partake in with, particularly a new, uh, a new partner, somebody that maybe you've only been with for a few weeks, month, couple months maybe, that you have that you that you haven't known you don't that you're just kinda dating maybe. Uh-huh. And because the goal from what from what Huberman Huberman was explaining was that the that the coordination, the autonomic coordination begins when a resting brain is shared. So your resting the state of your resting brain is a an identical level, say, to your partner's. And then you, and then you hit them with the 36 questions that lead to love. And, and it's, uh, so I ended up doing this with my lady. So we did this in lieu of, in lieu of, uh, you know, doing Valentine's Day bullshit and stuff. You know, it was either that or, or, or I dress up in a, in a sash and a bow and arrow and run around with fake wings and start lighting people up. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants that. So I laid it on her. I laid it on her and uh, it was, um, she, she was very good. It was very forthright. It was very illuminating. And so, um, so I, I, I give you the 36 questions that lead to love. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, and then you're going to ask me. All right? Oh, man. It's going to be good. <laughs> They're really good questions. All right. Let me get closer, though. All right, love. Right up. Now, this is developed by a psychologist by the name of. That um, ah, doesn't really matter. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. Question one Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Dinner guest. Yeah. Oh, invite somebody over. Yeah. Um, I can't think like that. Who would you be interested in having dinner with? Who, who would be fascinating or interesting or amusing or doesn't it doesn't, um, doesn't have to be somebody probably um, the Warrens Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh, okay, good good answer. Okay, would you like to be famous, and if so, in what way? Um, famous. Yeah, I probably would. In what way, though? I wish I knew how to sing. You like to be a great singer? Yeah. Whoa. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I just can't hold a tune. When you're on mushrooms, you just, you're the cutest singer because you usually have the headphones on and you're like singing real loud and don't really, don't really realize that people are listening. You're a, you, 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 you sing with abandonment. Okay. <laughs> All right. So number three. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you are going to say? No. No. Okay. Number four, what would constitute a perfect day for you? Um, and it could be anything. Yeah. Would be a perfect day. Just, um, like every area, like with my kids and everybody just be positive and everything just 
where everybody would have a good day and it was real peaceful. This didn't, there wasn't any particular one thing, just as long as you were together or um, no particular activities. That, um, well, yeah, I like to the beach to, or, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, I like to probably like go to dinner and then maybe earlier in the day went to the cemetery and then like the kids were okay and mm -hmm. just, I don't know catch fish because I can't ever catch fish that would be kind of cool uh-huh I don't know all right number five when when did you last sing to yourself or to someone else um, probably when you did mushrooms I don't know I sing sometimes even though I'm in the shower uh, probably the last time I was singing to myself today when I was cleaning what were you singing I met her. what were you singing um it was um I can't remember what song it was. It was just a little melody in my head. Fat Bottom Girls? No, I wasn't singing that. <laughs> um, was it the dreidel song about the about the Jewish toy, the dreidel? John, dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. No, just... No? It was just, it was a calming, I would say a calming one, but I'm trying to remember what it was. Okay. What was the last time you sang to someone else? Um, maybe two weeks ago when you when you try to sing something you're all. Oh, when like we did that. a little duet, a little yeah. impromptu duet. Yeah. Just broke into song like Fred, and, <laughs> like Fred and Ginger, or or John and Olivia. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I'd like to go to a high school where people just all of a sudden break into like choreographed songs, you know. Like high school musical or yeah. Greece, you know, all of a sudden, like everyone just comes out of biology and they're all like per line dancing perfectly and singing some ridiculous bullshit song. Okay. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30 year old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? The mind or the body? I don't know. I'm very insecure with my body, so uh, of a thirty-year-old, yeah, I was, I was popping hot back then. When you're thirty. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're pretty, pretty damn. I was okay. Yeah. Well, more like thirty-five. I'm very self-aware of you. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Yes. Oh, okay. I really, really believe since I'm on the road so much, I'm probably gonna die from a car accident. And it's not gonna be my fault. Oh, okay. They're gonna get like they're gonna get some. Uh, they'll get some pretty. Uh, okay. Private question, well, not private, but okay. but like dark maybe. Okay. Or deep, you I'm know. Okay with dark. Okay. Okay. Name. Okay. So you think you'll see? You might die in a car accident. Yeah. Okay. Name three things you and your partner, the person you are dating, <laughs> appear to have in common. What do we have in common? Oh. Um, oh weirdness and unusuality. Oh, that's Um. Like you always try to learn, and I always try to learn from you. That's another thing. You mean you have thirst, knowledge. You have a thirst mm -hmm. for knowledge. Huh? You have a thirst yeah, for knowledge. Yeah, so I we do. both have it, yeah, for sure. And um, what was the question again? Uh, name three things that you and your person that you're oh, dating. Oh, we have in common. Are we dating? Um, no. Is it official? <laughs> Appear to have in common, yeah. Um, so weirdness, the, thirst for knowledge. Yeah, and then um, the... Or just... The, uh, the fact that we're not materialistic. The fact we're not... That's true. Good point. Although you're a little more than me. Yeah, you're always like buying like, oh, I can't wait to buy some more bed sheets. Oh, I know. You're always buying bed sheets. I don't make comments. Okay. <clears throat> For what in your life do you feel most grateful? Um, I'm grateful that my kids are um, out of an abusive relationship. Oh, yeah. That's the... Well, let me see. That's the... Say it again. For what in your life... In my life. You feel most grateful. Oh, my divorce, for sure. Oh, gee, okay, yeah. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. If you would change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Whoa. The way I was raised. 
I would pick new parents. Really? Yeah. For sure? Yeah, I'm pretty fucked up. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know because honestly, I have to take one of those questions back. See, this thing's burning again. Which one? Uh, burns. Um, like what would be a perfect day? Honestly, I oh. still would probably want to know really what my dad looked like and stuff. That would probably be one of the... That'd be a perfect day to find out? Yeah, find to that find out. out and what he looked like. And yeah, that you couldn't top that. I don't think you could top that with okay. anything. Okay. What? Wow. So... Are you trying to get in my head? No, I'm just reading this oh, thing. Oh, okay, okay. I'm too much trying to get... All right, listen to this. I am. Take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. Your life story. I don't want to. Four minutes, you got it. Ready? Go. Go. Okay, I'm 48 years old, and um, I was raised out in the country. I did graduate high school. Um, I didn't date very much. <laughs> I... Um, I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't really fit in or anything, but I managed to um, stay out of trouble. And then when I was 16, I got pregnant. And then I had a girl. And Where were you born? I was born in San Jose, Santa Clara. Santa Clara, San Jose. Um, really? Let's see. I have, a, I have two kids, two adult children. Um, I'm happily with my significant other. Um, my parents weren't involved with my family in my family too much Tell but me. I managed to make the best out of it what about your career and stuff your careers I used to sell real estate I used to drive school bus so that I can go with my kids on field trips and get paid for it and spend time with them um, I only sold two houses though in real estate um, I I hate getting up early in the morning mm. I love sleeping in now that's not about your life. I don't know, honey. I don't know. I'm going to focus on this. <laughs> no. All right. Well, you got two more minutes. No. Mm. I really wish I could have been either a psychologist or a mortician um, because I'm really interested. you still can. And I'm, because I'm really interested on how the brain works and why people do the things that they do. And um, I'm also very fascinated with death and dead bodies and murder mysteries. Maybe they mean more like a timeline. Like, I went to this school. I was born here. I went to this school. Oh, I went That's to, okay. I went, you yeah. want to do it? No. No, okay. Number 12. All right, we're a third of the way, third of the way through. Okay. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality... Or ability, what would it be? To remember everything. Oh. Yeah, I wish I had a good memory. Okay. Right on. Set two. Number one. Okay. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Honestly, I would want to know and make sure my kids went to heaven when they died. And that I would know that. Okay. Like they made it. <clears throat> I'd be that'd, that'd be a pretty damn good crystal ball. Yeah. Number two, is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time, and why haven't you done it? Um. Going back to school. Okay. I wish. And the reason why I haven't done it is because I don't feel like I'm smart enough. Oh, well, you are. But yeah, you my, are. my mind, I'm not, you know. Well. I can't retain knowledge. I just told you you are, so you should start tomorrow. <laughs> I can't retain knowledge, so. But yeah, but you I can. Would like to, I would like to go. I you know the like, Bible inside it up. It's yeah. just, all that is is from being present and, and just not even it's not about memorization it's about absorption like you if you're really really interested so you gotta no, find what's... i was really interested with the emt classes that me and nessa were doing in madeira and um for the life of me when it came to like pretest, i would just i would soak all the knowledge but i couldn't retain it you, you passed so the I'd real ask, estate test i know but i really studied for that 
<laughs> he doesn't know what you just said. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so, you, so you dream you you dream about going back to school, but you just don't think you can do it. But you can. What is okay? Number three. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? Cassie divorce again. No, actually, being able to live a pretty stable, um, predictable life, considering the uh, child and adulthood that I previously lived. Okay. The stability. Gotcha. Number four. What do you value most in a friendship? Um, not being two-faced. Oh, good. Okay. What is your most treasured memory? Um, Justin, when he was little. What my your, kids when they were little. What is your most terrible memory? Um, well, you know that one. If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you are now living and why? Mm. I probably wouldn't work as much. And that would be to spend more time with my family and the people that I love if I had just a little bit of amount of time to live. Okay. Number eight, what does friendship mean to you? Friendship means that you're loyal and you're not friends for just because of what people can do for you. Um, it, um, I like when people are truthful and loyal um, and I like being friends with somebody that doesn't expect me to do stuff for them. Right. It's, it's not contingent. Yeah. It's not contingent on anything. Yeah. I, I'm able to be myself. Right. What roles do love and affection play in your life? Oh my gosh. That's huge. I just don't show it because I'm a meanie. And you're insecure. Yeah. Um, like I, I love you like crazy but I know I don't show it all the time so does it play a big role yeah it does even though you don't apply it mm-hmm. well you must have some inner turmoil you must struggle why is this not coming up I don't know alright number 10 alternate sh oh wait excuse me alternate sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner, the person you are dating. Okay, I know. Boink, boink, boink. Share a total of five items. <laughs> five items of... Of what? Something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner. Um, I'm faithful now. Yeah. Um, I won't let anybody else hurt you, because I'd handle it. So I'm very protective over you. I don't think you realize that. Um, that I'm not after your money or trying to mooch off you or anything. Yeah. Um, and I do love you unconditionally. I really do. Because sometimes, you know. And the last thing would be like. Well, you okay. You're do, I think you're doing it wrong. You have to share a positive characteristic of your partner. So you have to talk about my positive characters oh. and I talk about yours. Oh, your top one is patience. So we, oh, okay. Patience. Um, okay, we got to alternate, alternate. So, we, okay. So my turn is, oh. okay, something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner is that you are, uh, you definitely, I think you set out every morning to be uh, positive for sure. You feel like that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, particularly around people, maybe, maybe not necessarily to yourself, but like, even if you're like struggling with things, you don't show it to uh, uh, people that you bump into, you know? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I do think that. Okay, your turn. Okay. Um, oh, and you already counted patience. Yeah. Um, no, no. Um, that you're forgiving. And that um, you don't hold a list against me. Oh, that's true. Huh? Mm -hmm. Okay. Another positive characteristic characteristic of you is, uh, yeah, that you aren't uh, materialistic. Um, okay. Like you, you can 
you're very uh, adaptable to situations for the most part. I mean, you didn't the trailer kind of got you down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to live in it and fix it at the same time. Yeah, but you are pretty like uh, like I guess a good example would be like if you say we're living a certain lifestyle and then that lifestyle had stopped you were able to adjust yeah okay Okay, your turn that was not materialistic um you that um you're really a good dad and you're and you love my kids and you're a really good influence in their life oh okay that you love them too oh yeah and protective over them okay another positive another positive what I find positive with you it's hard to think of things huh uh well no a positive thing I mean it doesn't I guess um you're very I think you're op- I think you're open minded even though I know you have a very pretty sturdy set of guidelines that you try to live by that um, you you are open minded I know you are uh, although I know you struggle some, in some areas with that but yeah. you are very open minded okay I think you are okay I will I'm convinced you are okay <laughs> well I just got the shot and you already knew how I felt about yeah that. yeah um okay and then you um, well, I can say one real easy, but it's just too cliche. Um, you can be probably, you can be like, you can be like, uh, shallow about it as well. That you're, um, a hard worker and that you don't need me, you want me. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's two different ones. Is it? All right. So I'll, 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 I'll finish up then. Okay. So... Yeah, without, uh, I mean, not necessarily to just hang it all on character, like you're, uh, you're really, uh, uh, I do like, I do, I do like your weird nature and it translates into, uh, more than, I mean, it kind of, uh, you, it manifests itself in a few different ways so that it's not like I'm not calling you weird as a characteristic mm-hmm. but just like your mannerisms and uh, and stuff like that you're definitely unique you're definitely a unique individual okay. like you're not you're not the run of the mill like a uh, basic bitch floating around out there at the Starbucks and shit you know I agree with that uh, okay now number 11 how close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? No. No. <laughs> uh, how close and warm is your... I guess... Okay, so probably your whole extended family, I guess is what they're asking. Um, I'm not close to my family. No, you aren't really, huh? You're close to your cousins. Um, I'm kind of trying to kick all them out of my life, too. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Number 12, how do you feel about your relationship with your mother? How do you um, feel about I, How I feel is I've just accepted and don't get angry anymore at the fact that it is what it is. Okay. I'll try not to. All right, last set. Number one, make three true we statements each. For instance, we are both in this room feeling. Okay, I know, I know. Okay. Both we, okay. We um, care about each other a lot, a lot, a lot, so much to where we probably don't realize the other person loves us that much. Oh. So I think there's that going for us. Um, We have way better communication. Way better, way better communication now between us. You talk better. I try to listen a little bit more. I try not to flip out. I try to... So yeah. I think we're getting close to doing doing that way better, the communication. Um, we both love our kids a whole lot, and they're on the top of the list for each one of us. Um, I believe we're both hard workers, even though I sleep in. Well, I only need three. 
Three true. Yeah, okay. So you're good. Okay. Number two. Complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share. I do have someone that I can share my life with. No, I I wish I had someone with whom I could share. Can I get how you John? Yeah. Um, Can I get some ice? My uh, day with like with my family and stuff, or any small accomplishments that I had with my family. You wish you could? Like I wish I was closer to my mom, but. Oh, that family. Yeah. Okay. Number three. If you're going to become, if you were going to become a close friend with your partner, mm-hmm. please share what would be important for him or her to know. Whoa. That I don't. That I don't. That um, I, what's the question again? I'm sorry. If you were going to become a close friend with your partner, mm-hmm. please share what would be important for him or her to know. Um, that I love you and that I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, he needs water. That I'm not going anywhere. And also that I wouldn't share you with anybody. Um, no, if you're going to become a close friend. Close friend. Close friend. A close, oh. Well, I feel like we're friends too already. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it just says there's, some, we're gonna be, there's something that you haven't really divulged, maybe? Um, up to this point? If we're going to be close friends. I didn't think about that one. Oh. Because I don't really hold anything back from you. So it's not like I wish that we... I could communicate better with you if you're my friend. But as a close friend, like as a close friend, um, are you, have you, have you ever like? I probably would um, indulge is a bad word. I probably would really share with you as a close friend how hurt of a woman I am. That's probably what I. Would oh, whoa! Have you understand? Whoa! <laughs> okay. All right, number four. Tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest. This time saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met. I like that you're a clean freak. Am I? Yeah. You even clean up my mess. Why does make I, like that, I like that you help out around the house. Oh. oh. Uh, but okay. what is it? The stuff that... Tell your partner what you like about them. Oh. Well, that's kind of the same as like... I, I like that you're honest. That's probably your top thing. Oh, that's true. That you're really honest regardless of, of a consequence if you had to suffer a consequence. That's very, yeah. And wouldn't the world be a better place if we were all like that? <laughs> Share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. An embarrassing moment in your life. Um, okay, I got one that I told my grandma not too long ago. I don't know what happened. Okay, I think I told you already. That I was like in fourth grade and um, there was this kid sitting next to me. That it was like the four chairs, you know, like like five of them in the room had like four groups, chairs. And that's how we sat every day in our class. Yeah. And um, one day I bent over and I farted. <laughs> I was in fourth grade. Oh. And um, the boy looked at me and started laughing right next to me. And... I said, that was the chair. I was so embarrassed. I was like nine. Mm-hmm. I said, that was the chair. And he said, well, why does it smell? <laughs> I could have died. That's probably one of my most embarrassing things that I can't forget. Mm. Somehow it would be a fart story. Yeah. I could have died. Uh, all right. Number six. We're still going. When did you... When did you last cry in front of another person and by yourself? Um, well, uh, last time I cried was probably with you and by myself. Um, I'd say within the last month thinking about the word by myself. Got it. So within a month. Okay. Number seven. Tell your partner something that you love about them already. Go ahead, Joyce. 
I guess it's like as, as if we just, I don't know, haven't been together for 10 years. Already? Uh, I don't know, I've already said like a lot of your qualities and stuff. You love about them already. Um, I like that you take care of me. Okay, there you go. Great. What, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? I don't know. I don't have. I don't really have a boundary. I've left at death and stuff. Or. There's gotta be something that's out of bounds. Um. Yeah. Religion, probably. Can't joke about religion. Nah, I don't really want to hear it. I wouldn't really watch a lot of George Carlin then, if I were you. I know. Yeah, yeah. he's buddied up with the devil right now. <laughs> yes. Okay. If you were okay, if you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you most regret not having told someone? What haven't you told them yet? Um, that, doesn't have to be me. It could be anybody. You know? Okay. So honestly, I really think that you know how when people are like, I re- I live my life without regrets, like that. You know, people do that. I really know that if, like, I pass, like, my kids knew I loved them. You know I loved them. Um, I wouldn't call anybody and be like, look, I'm dying tonight and I really want to make amends. I would just probably leave everything how it w- just was. I probably wouldn't change anything. There's nothing you stash in your back pocket. I just feel like it's really superficial to say, like, oh, I'd call my mom and apologize again for whatever I did or, or my brother or whatever. You know what I mean? Like... Um, I mean, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to cause an offense to anybody and I don't want anybody to hold unforgiveness toward me. That would probably be it. Good. All right. Only three more. Baby, I'm done. Three left. Three left. (laughs) Number 10, your house containing everything you own catches fire. After saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be and why? pictures because they're irreplaceable okay pictures and like my file cabinet with the black one that has like pinks and deeds and everything to stuff okay of all the people in your family whose death would you find most disturbing why um Prinessa. why is it because of the relationship we have. Good. Finally, last question. Share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also, as your partner to reflect also as your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. So share a pro- personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. A personal problem. But I do that all the time. Like, if I'm upset about work or something. I mean, do you have anything going, I mean, a problem Um, right now that you're dealing with that you might need advice on? No, because you told me, like, let, just let stuff go. Like, it doesn't matter and stuff. So, I don't really, I don't think I'm struggling, I don't think I'm struggling with anything right now. I mean, just stress of uh, just loose ends or anything like that or just anything nagging that just on a daily, maybe or every other day, you just kind of keep just a reminder like, ah, I got to take care if of I could, If I could change one thing and be really okay with it and it wouldn't really affect my mood and stuff, I would change that I sleep in. But that's not anything you can change, you know? I'm just freaking irritated when I get up really early in the morning. So and that's ask not your partner you can't how fix. he or she might handle you don't have um, an answer to fix it, you know? Ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. How I might handle it? I have no problem. I'm, I wouldn't have it. Yeah. Also, uh, as your partner to reflect back to you how you can be feeling about the problem you've chosen. Well, that's just all... I don't know. It, I mean, that... Sleep is pretty subjective. Depends. I mean, I'm 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 cursed. I'm like a I'm, I like a mummy's curse. Like I just, yeah. I can't uh, smell. My body doesn't let me do anything past seven a.m. Are we done? Yeah.
All right, all right, all right. So there you have it. That is the science of love. The science of love. Oh, yeah. Sounds kind of less sexy when you talk about it in scientific terms, but but it's uh, like they said in that movie, uh, Better Off Dead. If anybody's seen that, the classic from, I want to say like 1986. I saw it in the theaters, believe it or not, with John Cusack. I think it was his, that wasn't his first movie, but it was his first starring role. And uh, his neighbor across the street, Ricky, the, the, the chubby guy with the uh, nasal spray, and uh, his mom, he lives with his mom. They take in a French student, and uh, <laughs> so he uh, goes over there for dinner. They're invited over for dinner, him, John Cusack's family, and they go over there. And uh, she's uh, the mom's kind of a cantankerous kind of a swamp witch, and she goes, uh, you know, Ricky and Monique have kind of, you know. They 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 they, uh, they talk the international language and uh, everyone's kind of stumped as to what that means and she goes you know the international language love love the international language <laughs> they've kind of kind of taken on a cross continental affair John Cusack's just looking at chubby Ricky and uh, cute little Monique and he's like him. With her? That makes sense. <laughs> so the data does not lie, folks. The data does not lie. Um, so there you go. Boiled down to, boiled down to data-driven results. And uh, which ultimately we tend to just throw that compiled book of data right out the window and just leap in with both feet, don't we? Don't we? Ah, so anyway, if you're still with your uh, significant other post St. Valentine's Day, then all the more power to you and I'll leave it. I'll leave it there for you. I'll leave that right on the table there for you. All right. So uh, aside from that, I'll talk at you later. All right. And arrivederci, babies.